You're listening to 106.9 here on Tune FM. As part of our orientation content this week, we are presenting a series of interviews with some academics, UNE staff, and UNE life personnel to help new students learn a little bit more about their study journeys here at UNE. One of the joys of living in a regional area is the abundance of wild animals that can be seen across the university campus. While getting to see a kangaroo or a koala up close is an exciting prospect, students should keep in mind that not all fairy friends are as cuddly as they look. Here to chat about wildlife and safely interacting with them, along with her work as a wildlife carer and rehabilitation, is UNE Life Executive Officer Libby Kettlestring. Libby is not only a legendary superstar at keeping us sane and running smoothly at UNE Life, but she is also a volunteer with Northern Tablelands Wildlife Carers, or NTWC, and lovingly protects the animals in need of care that cross her path. Libby, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's great to be here, Ben. And I see that you've brought two little friends, your two current uh Care animals, what are their names? My two current charges, they're both Eastern Greys and they are Penny and Polly. They are adorable. <laughs> Where did you get them? What made you choose those names? Uh, they just popped into the head. That's there was enough. a P name and then there was another P name to go with it. Did you get them together or did they? No, they came in about 10 days apart oh, bless. from different areas in Armadale. So we'll start with uh, general safety questions for students. What wildlife can generally be found up here on campus? We have a lot of kangaroos. As you know, we have the native, uh, the local kangaroos that used to live within the kangaroo park on um, Elm Avenue, on Bullamimba Drive, and they've now been released. So they've hung around, they've stayed, and they mooch about around the top northern end of campus and down to Bullamimba. Uh, we have a lot of uh, owls and birds around, na- native birds, and we have a lot of echidnas and a lot of blue tongue lizards we see a fair bit. We have the occasional koala uh, that wants to move from one tree to another during daytime, and so they're a bit special, uh, but they're definitely around. And how do students safely interact with these animals? Give them a wide berth. Just watch from a distance, don't get up in their face. Uh, you can take as many photos as you like, but just leave them in their space. Leave them be. Uh, so even though if you've been to a, a wildlife sanctuary before, um, you know that sometimes you have the opportunity to feed uh, kangaroos. Don't. And do, pat. Don't do, pat. Do not touch. <laughs> do not feed. That's right. And Australian students, of course, will be well aware of this next particular piece of advice. But for international students that maybe aren't familiar with Australia's uh, uh, lovely and very, very well-known wildlife, is it safe to pat koalas? No, it is not. No, not if you want to keep your fingers. That's correct. And if you if you did get the opportunity to pat a koala, it would generally mean that there was something wrong with that koala because they are not out to be petted by humans on a daily basis or at much at all. And so if, if you found one that, you, that was willing to let you walk right up to it, then you need to notify somebody at either Northern Tablelands Wildlife Carers or WIRES um, for some assistance with that animal. And so if you do find an injured... Uh, animal here on campus, do you still phone those numbers or is there someone on campus that you should call instead? You can phone the security office on 2099 uh, and they can put you in touch with either of the wildlife caring agencies. Generally, if it's during work hours, there's a couple of um, WISE staff who work, WISE um, volunteers who work at UNE or myself, so we, we usually get calls. Perfect. And if uh, students find themselves in uh, up close and personal with a kangaroo if maybe they they don't know that each other's there and they end up face to face how can students avoid being walloped by said kangaroo 
if I was to walk around a corner of a building and come face to face with a kangaroo that was more than about three foot tall, I would stop and back away quietly and slowly and just give it the room. And if there's plenty of room to pass around it, just give it a few metres of space. It will most likely want to scamper away from you, but if it was a big male kangaroo, it might want to size you up and you just need to give it as much space as possible, even if that means redirecting your own route. And we men- you mentioned before that we have a lot of birds here on campus. Um, we have uh, magpies, we have kookaburras. Uh, I've never seen a kookaburra here, but I've d- definitely heard them. Um, now, the magpies, uh, especially if you're eating lunch up in the northern courtyard, are very, very fond of trying to nab some food. Uh, rather hilariously, yesterday, my um, friend Chloe had half of her toasted sandwich nicked by a magpie, <laughs> which was quite hilarious. So, uh, for students, who are moving up here for the first time, should you or should they feed the birds? They should not feed the birds, as tempting as it is, and I have to admit I'm very often more tempted than not, Um, so depending on what it is I'm chowing down on. um, But as a general rule, no, don't feed the birds. They become too accustomed to it, too dependent upon it, and they're not getting the vitamins and minerals and the good things that they need to be eating from the insects that they should be finding. Yeah, so there you go, students. If you are... Uh, if you're eating lunch and uh, a bird or any animal is taking a little bit more interest than usual in in what you've got, uh, don't give it to them. Don't 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 risk it. It's very tempting, um, and a lot of people are very um, overwhelmed by a bird being so close. A lot of people don't like birds, and that's completely understandable. Um, they are very friendly. They're not they're there to attack you. They're not interested in you. They're interested in your food. But if you just ignore them and just gently shoo them away, if they're on the edge of the chair with you or on your table while you're eating just gently move them on and they'll get the idea pretty quickly that you're not going to share you're not going to you're not going to give them the banquet that they That's are very it. very keenly That's after right. now i would imagine uh, especially in your work as a volunteer the fact that you do have uh, joeys you do have uh, well at the moment to eastern grey sometimes you have wallaroo sometimes you have wallabies yeah. um, it, a lot of those would come from uh, the kangaroo the adult kangaroo is being killed, very sadly. Yeah. Um, so what should students do if they happen to find a dead kangaroo? How can they check to see if they have a, a joey on them? So if you've come across a dead kangaroo on a road, it's usually while you're also driving, um, you can only really pull up if it's absolutely safe to do so. And remove that animal from the road even if it's on the side of the road it becomes um, target for birds to come and eat so then they often get hit as well so if it can be moved directly off any part of the road but especially if it's in the middle of the road only pull up if it's safe to do so and take the pick up the tail and and drag the kangaroo off the road Um, always check the pouch nine times out of ten it's a male kangaroo so that's pretty pretty easy pretty easy fix pretty easy answer but if it is a female kangaroo and there is a pouch and there is a joey in the pouch then it's very very important to make sure that you've got plenty of room and plenty of time to check and if you're going to remove a joey if it's furred uh, that's fine it can be simply pulled out of the pouch but if it's not furred, if it is pink, that we call them little pinkies, uh, so unfurred and sometimes ears still pinned down and eyes still closed, that means it's actually going to be fused onto the teat that it's been feeding from. So you cannot just pull it off the teat. You must cut the teat off as well. Now, in that situation, not very many people have a pair of scissors handy or a knife, uh, so that's when you call 
somebody immediately for assistance. And presumably, even if they did find a jury that was furred, it would still be pretty imperative that you would call NTWC or WISE ASAP. ASAP, absolutely. Because they, most likely, if you're just in your car or just out and about somewhere, you're not going to have the resources that you need to give the jury the care that it immediately needs. Look, hopefully you've got a shirt on, so maybe you might just wrap the jury up in your shirt or something, a towel or something from in the car. Um, Don't put it in a box uh, they don't they're not used to being to sitting they need to be hanging like they would be in their mum's pouch so um, but but wrapped up and, and firm held firmly against your body for security um, you can then take them somewhere where you can then phone someone or take them home and or take them to a vet take them somewhere where you can call and meet up with a carer and so let's talk now just about your work with um, NTWC. How long have you been involved with them? How long have you been working there? I've or... been with NTWC for about six years, I think seven years this year. That's amazing. How did you originally become involved? I always knew I wanted to do something with wildlife um, when my kids were very little. Uh, and I have a number of pet cats, so I always knew I needed to give back, so to speak, to the animal world from the damage that having <laughs> pet cats can do. I acknowledge that. They're not perfect. Uh, so it was my way of giving back once my children became old enough. And uh, I got into possums first and birds. So I still do possums and birds and macropods. So I was, I was going to say, obviously, I know um, that you do your house is more or less a menagerie at this mm. point of different pets that you and your family have. And it you is. just mentioned um, possums, bird and macropods. Are they the only animals that you look after that you take? They're the only animals that I'll take into care, but I'm trained to do rescue for pretty much anything. And a macropod, that includes kangaroos, wallaroos and wallabies? That's yeah, correct. sweet. Awesome. That's right. So what is the process if we just focus on the macropods for now? Because they're the ones that people are maybe know they'll see around campus a lot more yeah yeah what is the process of raising uh, a macropod to the point where it can be released how so depending on how old it is when it comes into care if they're furred um, it's about five feeds a day of a specialized milk powder that um, the carers use called Wombaroo and uh, it's bottle feeding and then toileting making making the joeys go to the toilet so that they're not messing up their bags that they sleep in all day and that's a, a natural process that the mother kangaroo would normally do. She'd stick her head in the pouch and, and lick the joey and clean it up and make sure that there weren't any mess in the pouch. Uh, so that's a job that the carers need to do as well after each feed. And it's, for me, it's first feed at about 6.30 in the morning and last feed at about 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. So five feeds a day, a um, bit of exercise and a bit of sunshine and... And if you have uh, a pinky, as you mentioned, one yes. that's not yet furred, how often do they need to be furred? That's a three, three and a half hourly around the clock feed, that one. So, so that's so that yeah. setting alarms out every, that's throughout like the night. That's like a newborn. To, yeah, that's right. of course. Yeah. So I imagine you're essentially simulating the feeling of them being in a pouch. Of Absolutely. Being, being still with their mums. Yeah. And little pinkies can't regulate their temperature, so they need to be in a very humid, very hot, um, closed environment in a pouch, in a fake pouch. Uh, I have mine in... Um, an insulated shopping bag or a, or a humidity crib. It's so. one of the most Australian things I've ever heard in my life. Because yeah. I get the sense that um, uh, macropods, especially pinkies, especially unfurred macropods, it would be very similar to very small kittens. Your job would essentially be to stop them from dying in any it's way, a, shape, or it's form. A, yes, that's right. It's a, it's a, don't help them live. It's to, it's to stop them from dying. <laughs> and so, if you if you had to say, if you had to guess, because I imagine you would have had 
Hundreds so far. How many animals would you say you've cared for through your work oh, at the NTWC? These two Eastern Grey joeys I have on my lap right now are number 27 and 28 awesome. of uh, macropods. Um, I've lost count of birds and I didn't really stop, I didn't really start counting possums, but probably 20 or 30 possums as well. Wow. So you, even now you'll still sometimes get uh, a possum or a bird to look after? Yes. Super. That's right. And so when you, when it comes to releasing them, um, what is the process? Is there somewhere around the Armadale area that you release the macropods to? It, we try to keep them around the Armadale area because that's where they're genetically inclined to, to, to they want to be, uh, where they've been born. So we don't try, we try not to mix them up and take them out of the area that they were naturally born into, um, mainly because of the biological history that they've got and, and what they've been eating and the temp- the humid the temperature um, that they've been used to. Um, my, my little charges need to leave me and go to uh, the next stage carer, usually their release carer, uh, when they've become pretty much too big to stick under my desk and hang under their, on the stand under my desk. Uh, and at the stage where they're wanting to hop around and be outside and getting sunshine all day and eating grass and, and in and out of their bags at their leisure, uh, so it becomes, which is which is also a good time because they've at that stage they've become very heavy to lug in and out of the car into the office every day. And I would imagine that it would be a very bittersweet feeling when they finally. It is yeah. some more so than others. Some you can't wait to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the childcare workers would say the same thing each day. <laughs> but um, and some just really nuzzle into your heart really quickly from day one. So they're but you know they've you've always got another one coming. So and where do Penny and Polly, when the uh, Penny and Polly said, they you want they're to get rid in, of as soon no, as possible? No, they're in the heart. They're, oh, um, Eastern Greys are real sooks. They are very, very different to wallabies and wallaroos. Uh, Eastern Greys just want you to love them. And they look at you with their big, long eyelashes and their doe eyes and they just say, help me, love me. And you do. It's very simple to do. And when they get a little bit older, um, I would imagine you would have them bouncing around the office as far as exercise goes? They, I have a baby gate on my little desk <laughs> set up so that I can contain them because sometimes they do little get out of their bags um, while I'm there or while I'm in a meeting. So they are contained, but sometimes late in the afternoon when the doors aren't being opened, they'll have free reign of the office, yes. And are they any animals that you do come through? Do they tend to get beloved in the workplace? Do you have a lot of, do they get Very a lot of attention? Very much. You know exactly what you've asked that question because you're one of the biggest. Yes, I am. I will confess <laughs> any time there's a new, anytime there's a new macropod or any animal really, I'll be first up there to, <laughs> to introduce myself because they are very, very adorable. How does it generally impact your work day? Because I would imagine, you know, like you said, especially if it's a pinky when you've got three hours feeding and I would assume toileting fairly regularly as well mm. and just keeping an eye on them to make sure mm. they're not causing a ruckus. <laughs> does it, is it, is it much of a, is it much of a, I guess, a, a an, an obstacle or a, or a barrier I, to the day? I've become quite accustomed to typing one-handed. Um, sure. And I can, and thankfully I have a headset so I can still answer the phone. But uh, it is an interruption and so I have a very understanding uh, team of people around me and a uh, very understanding boss who loves the opportunity to have them around um, because it is a distraction and it is a delay and an interruption to the work day uh, twice a day or with a pinky three times a day. So, um, yes, it, it is 
But it probably can be from 10 minutes to half an hour tops. I was going to say, I can imagine it wouldn't take too, too long. No, if you've got one little joey that is very healthy and well and drinks its bottle and then toilets well, it's a 15, 20-minute process. And given that you previously worked uh, up with the... Uh, higher ups at UNE the, in the Chancellor's office. Is there, does that mean that would there have been macropods hopping around the Chancellor's office? Because that image is quite hilarious. <laughs> I do have some fun little videos on my phone of uh, a certain Wallaroo called Gary hopping through Bulamimba. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that is a, pretty cute. That, 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 that would be quite sensational, I have <laughs> to say. And so for students who have maybe listened and think, wow, that's something I'd really love to, to try. I'd love to try and help out. I'd love to mm. give you guys a hand. How can they get involved with NTW? There are membership forms very readily available on the NTWC website. That's ntwc.org.au website where there's lots of information about how you can help out, whether it's sponsoring an animal or donating or joining the group and becoming a carer. And for if for students who don't have any experience with dealing with any sort of animals like macropods or possums or the like, can you still join and help out without Absolutely, what to do. absolutely. You can be a registered um, supporter, or you can be a registered carer, and all training is provided. We won't certainly won't be giving anybody an animal that's never had anything to do with one before. Um, having said that, I did give a couple of Canadians uh, a kangaroo who had recently joined and showed great interest and, and became some of our really great kangaroo carers and now they're doing they're caring for bats as oh, well. Oh, yes, that's so fantastic. flying foxes around the area. Um, but no, lots of training is provided and you, you won't be generally given an animal to look after. And you'd always have a very close mentor as well, sure. someone to, to meet with and talk to very regularly because there's always lots of questions and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, um, you're still learning and every animal teaches you something new. Do you act as a mentor? I do. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, um, we might have to let you go because it looks like Penny and Polly are starting to get a little bit... Uh, They're very licky because they know it's feed time. There you go. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, having a little chat to us about your work and Pleasure. giving some advice to students. And I think, once again, just to sort of sum up the, the overall message, while the wildlife here on campus are very, very cute and you are more than welcome to take photos and admire from afar, don't interact with them. Admire from afar. Yeah, admire from afar. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you as well. And thank you to Penny and Polly for coming in and saying hello. They are very adorable, and I think our listeners are probably going to be extremely upset that we are on radio right now, so they can't actually see them. You're listening to 106.9 Tune FM here on the home of UNE's student-powered radio.